Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, live from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Nation is live. We're your day-to-day play-by-play right here in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We've made it to September today, Wednesday, September 1st. Thank you so much for tuning in, Brian. It's good to see you survived uh, BYUSN's cutdown day yesterday. Yeah, I'm... Um, very, you made the 53-man roster. Happy I made it, man. I'm, I'm happy I made it. Um, you know, I want to say shout-out to, to JJ. Jerem Jordan, keep your head up. So always practice rosters. Um, you know, you have a, a lot of film, a lot of good film. Oh, are you film. alluding to the since Jerem's not here, he was cut yesterday? Is I, that what you're saying? That's what I, I mean. I assume I, that's what I assumed that was the case. But well, yeah, I guess keep we'll your head up, find JJ. Out. Yeah. Keep your head up. Keep, keep your head up, up. Jerem. That's you know, that's yeah. Yesterday was cut down day in the NFL. Teams had to get down to 53. Unfortunately, there were there were a lot of uh, of uh, BYU players. Uh, that were cut. The the hope is obviously that if you're not going to make the 53 man roster, you have to clear waivers. You know the hope certainly somebody picks you up and they want to put you on their roster. But right. uh, practice squads are are certainly options for some of these players. And I think there's actually a, it's pretty likely that at least half of the players that were cut yesterday with BYU ties, I think they have a pretty good chance of making the practice squad. Obviously, as a Chiefs fan, I'm following Kansas City, and I know that they're hoping that Zane Anderson, who was cut, uh, is somebody that they can put on their on their practice squad. But again, you have to clear waivers, and there's a chance another team may pick you up. That'd, so. be, that'd be a good one for Zane. And, and speaking of cuts, did you get a haircut? I did you, get a haircut. You look nice. You, you you are a handsome Thank you. man. Thank you very much. I really like that. Whoever your barber is, you st- keep going to that person. They did a really good job. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I got, uh, got the haircut yesterday. We've got, we got a lot of important nice. stuff coming up this week, you know? So I thought, you know, it's time to finally get the haircut. It's getting a little good. shaggy. Yeah, you got to look good. You look good. You feel good. You feel good. You, you know, produce good, I guess. You know what I feel good about? It's today's <laughs> show lineup. Let's get to it. What does Kalani Satake's contract extension mean for the state of the BYU football program? We will discuss that coming up in Trending. Also, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, stops by to preview the season opener against the Arizona Wildcats. A very powerful deep blue with defensive tackle. And I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to have to get familiar with this and say it fast. I don't want to. Say, I don't want to have to slow down. Atunaisa Mahe. Ooh, yes, that yes. was good. Yes, thank you very much. Atunaisa. The good news is everybody calls him Nisa, yep. so you know you can kind of shorten it. Uh, you are not going to want to miss this deep blue with Atunaisa Mahe. Uh, it is fantastic. Plus a top five BYU plays from season openers against Arizona. It is a very very specific top five Tuesday even though we're doing it on a Wednesday. We ran out of time yesterday, so it is a Top 5 Tuesday on a Wednesday. But first, let's bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo announced a contract extension for head coach, uh, head football coach Kalani Satake. The extension inks Satake as the head coach through 2025. So congratulations to Coach Satake and all he's done. Uh, coach Satake says he's glad that it won't be a distraction. And uh, just really thankful that we have more time together. And just, uh, I don't want it to be a distraction. I just want to focus on, on the season and focus on this game this weekend. Um, but it, it, it feels good to have uh, the belief in our players and our program. 
Yeah, that was Coach Satake last night on the season debut of BYU football with Kalani Satake. So good to uh, to have that back. It obviously means it's football season, but obviously congratulations to head coach Kalani Satake on the extension. More on that coming up in Trending. All right, as the Cougars continue to prepare for the season opener on Saturday against Arizona, the defense took center stage last night during media availability. Linebacker Peyton Wilgar talks about preparing for the unknown of Arizona. There's a lot of unknowns, really. You know, we don't have a ton of film on them. You know, they got new coaching staff. So there's a lot of unknowns. So I'm not too worried about really what they're going to come out and do. I'm, I'm more focused on what we can do and what we can control and get better as a defense and go out there and do our thing. And then as as they come out and do whatever they do, we can make adjustments and change. Look, we hear that we hear teams talk about that all the time, Brian. You know, we, we just need to focus on us. Situation like this, that's all you can do. I, I think I think that's absolutely right. And, and even more so, the adjustments part, right? right. To, to me, that's what makes or breaks strategy, a team, and really a win or a loss, right, is can you adjust and not play, uh, you know, checkers, but play a man's game, game of chess. I've never played chess. Me either. Uh, after the final NFL roster cuts yesterday, like we said earlier, the show 13. we're not men, by the way? Yeah. I'm a man's man. Okay. I'm a man. I'm a boy. 13 Cougars remain on NFL rosters. Rookies Brady Christensen, Dax Mill, Kyra Songa, and Zach Wilson all make their team. Matt Bushman, Chad and Heron, Zach Daw, Chris Wilcox, Corbin, and Bronson Kapusi were all waived. But like we said to JJ, Jerem Jordan, keep keep your head up. Always practice roster and other opportunities. Uh, so don't get too down. Cross-country preseason rankings were released yesterday by the USTF CCCA. The reigning NCAA Division I national champion BYU women's team ranked number one. Now, the men's team will begin the year ranked third. The Cougars begin the season Saturday, September 11th at the Autumn Classic at Timpanogos Country Club. Despite losing at Arkansas Monday, BYU soccer jumps to 14th in the coaches' poll rankings. How did that happen? Other teams probably lost. Uh, the Cougars host Marquette tomorrow at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. So late in the afternoon yesterday, BYU made the announcement that head football coach Kalani Satake received a contract extension through the 2025 season. Now, Coach Satake has an overall record of 38-26 and 26 as he gets ready to begin his sixth season at the helm of the Cougar football program. Kalani had previously received an extension back in November of 2019, which took his contract at that point through 2023. So this new deal is a two-year extension to that. So Brian, what does Kalani Satake's contract extension mean to you for the BYU football program? Ooh, um, you know, at first, the, 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 I would say that the curious George in me thought that BYU possibly would be getting a Big 12 invite, right? And um, I, was, I was a little bit, you know, confused, not confused, but I, I, I was kind of just thinking like, why is this happening now, so to speak, right? And Without knowing too much details and just like the, the politics and how that goes on when it comes to extensions and contracts, I didn't really hear much. So I was like, this this is this is kind of random, but I don't believe in random, you know, randomness. And so that was my initial reaction. Um, maybe that they are preparing for an extra two years because they know they're going to a P5 conference, right? With all this stuff that's been, that's been going on with the Big 12 and expansion and, and pretty much how... 
BYU is the best option right now. It kind of, the, 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 the coincidence of the timing just right. didn't really sit right with me in my stomach. So I, I, that was my first initial thought. But then after things kind of settled and, and I kind of just analyzed everything, I think what this means for the program is, is momentum and positive momentum, right? When you look at what happened last year, you look at what happened uh, with, with Zach, um, the relevancy, right? Everybody is talking about BYU football, especially right now when it comes to um, conference expansion and realignment. So I, I think, you know, from Tom Homo's perspective, it's we have all this great momentum going. Uh, we already have a brand, but we're starting to become more and more relevant over the, the past couple of years. And so, you know, let's 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 kind of solidify where we're at as a program with the staff and the direction that we're going and show uh, our appreciation to Kalani. And, you know, what better way to do that than by giving him an extension? See, there are a couple of things that stand out to me and. and- the days of, like, you know, somebody will say, well, you have a five-year extension, so after the fifth year, then you try and renegotiate. That, that's yeah. not how it works anymore. You know, most coaches do not go into their last year, certainly the last year, and in a lot of cases, the last two years, without a contract extension. Uh, and so, so I, okay. I think there's some of that. that okay. You know, well, let's get this done. We want him in the program. Let's get this done now. So I think there's certainly some of that. So, but, what, if, so what, if, what, if it, what if they don't want a coach? We just well, they, fired okay. right there? So, so that's what a lot of people will read into it. If, if, a, if a coach goes into the last year of their contract, a lot of people read into that, oh, well, they haven't extended him now. They clearly are don't looking like, for other options. Gotcha. That, that is what most people believe is the situation when – because they, they call them lame duck coaches when you go into your last year as a head coach. <laughs> wait, 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 time out, time out, time out. <laughs> lame duck? Lame duck. You've never heard that expression? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what people call it. Say that when you go into the last year of, a, of your contract, because at that point, you know, they've, it's typically done by then. And so mm, players okay. know, like, well, he doesn't have a contract pass the year, yeah. this year. So I'm not listening to you, coach. Yeah, it, that could be yeah, my coach so the, next year. Yeah, so I think there, as a part of this is we know we want Kalani. Let's just get this done now. We don't even have to worry about any of that. The other two things that really stand out to me in terms of what this means for the football program is, number one, it means the team is winning. Yep. And yes. obviously we mentioned his overall record at 38 and 26, but obviously BYU's coming off a fantastic year, an 11 and 1 season, and and you're not going to give somebody a contract extension if the team's not successful. Right. That is a byproduct of the success is okay, we know what this coach and in subsequently the coaching staff that he has hired has done, we want to reward them for the success that they've had. And this is a vote of confidence that the athletic department is is pleased with the direction that the football program is going in. The other part is, I think this just screams program st- stability. Mm. The players absolutely love this guy. Every time you hear one of the players talk about Coach Sataki, it's how much they love him, how much they respect him, and that they would do anything for him because they have that type of relationship yep. as players and coaches. I think, I think everybody, I mean, since he's took over, I haven't heard one you know, negative comment about Kalani in regards to like personality, right? I mean, Even we're, we're when all players gonna leave. Exactly, they still talk about. I mean, I, mean, Kalani I, 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 I like him. I mean, he he's made me feel like I can come to you know the the the, the football uh, offices you know around the program anytime I want. Um, I've I've felt like he's he's tried to to reach out and make me feel you know personally comfortable. I know 
other teammates that I play with feel the same way. And, and so, I, I, you know, there's really nothing bad that you can say, you know, in regards to his personality, how he cares about people. I think if you probably have something negative, maybe something is wrong with you type deal. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and, and I think yeah. when somebody says something like that about a, a coach or just an individual in general, you know, that, that says a lot, speaks volume. Of the, I, the I honestly, I cannot think off the top of my head of anybody that has had something negative to right. say about Kalani. Exactly. He's that type of guy. Yeah. The, the other part about this, it lets the current players know that the guy they committed to play for is going to be here. Ooh, that's a good one. Also, from a recruiting standpoint, if Kalani and the coaching staff is out recruiting guys, and we know that they are, yep. it also lets these potential recruits know that mm-hmm. I'm here. If you're committing to us, you're committing to this coaching staff yep. and this head coach, and, that, and that's a big, big deal. It, it's, it, it, is, it is huge. And I know some people and maybe even some recruits will say, let's, let's say they, they commit to a school – the head coach leaves and then they'll announce like, oh, I'm still committed. And, you know, players, they commit to schools. They don't commit to, to coaches. coaches. That's a bunch of baloney. Ooh, I almost, I almost said something different. That's a bunch of garbage, man. You, you commit to the coach and the coaching staff, right? Um, once you get to the, to the school, things change a little bit. You get a little bit more of the program history, right? You start to focus more on the logo on the front of your Jersey versus, you know, the last name. name on the back. Um, but initially, when you're having those conversations, I'm committing to you, coach. Yes. I, I'm not committing to nothing else but you. So, yeah, that does show stability from a recruiting standpoint. And I want to go to something that you said because it's something I wanted to bring up as well, and that's all of the BYU to the Big 12 rumors. That's out there. There's, not, there's no way of ignoring it or denying it. It is out there, and there does feel like there is momentum building based off of reports that are out there. With all of those things out there showing as much program stability from top to bottom to the Big 12 or any potential conference that may be looking at BYU, and certainly right now that is the Big 12, mm-hmm. there is nothing wrong with that. That is a great thing to be able to say, hey, look what we have in football. Our football coach not only is winning, but he's under contract through 2025. Oh, hey, look at our basketball coach who's under contract through 2026. Mm-hmm. All he's done is gone to the NCAA tournament every year he's been here as a head coach. <laughs> right. So that stability is something that absolutely people on the outside looking in, potential conferences, mm-hmm. look at and say, that is another plus for BYU. They, they, it's pretty much saying they have their house in order. Exactly. And I think, that, I think those are all things that will benefit BYU, and those are all things that you can look at as positives yep. with this news for Kalani Satake getting the, uh, the extension as the head coach of the Cougars. And that brings us to our question of the day, and we're going to stay with this. What does Kalani Satake's contract extension mean for the BYU football program? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response on Twitter at, uh, at Kipkent. The floor with Kalani is stability and reasonable success and players who know they are part of a family and they matter. Kalani loves our boys and they know it. The ceiling, multiple top 25 finishes, staying relevant, and an occasional special season. What more could you ask for? Don't forget, use hashtag BYUSN. And you can respond on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's a good one. I, I, I would ask for one more thing, a win against Utah. Hey, we're 10 days away. Just one more thing. Just one more thing on that list. Coming up, 
which BYU coach could suit up and play against Arizona. But next, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, joins us in Studio B. I wonder if we could get him to uh, take part in the countdown with us. I guess we'll find out. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us for a special BYU Sports Nation Live from Las Vegas at the Fan Fest on Friday. Jerem Jordan will be hanging out with BYU alums Jamal Willis, Patrick Mitchell, and Tim McTire. Uh, and fans, as we get ready for the BYU season opener, watch Friday at 9 Eastern here on BYU TV and the app. Looking forward to that. We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. He is Brian Logan. I am Jason Shepard. And joining us now in Studio B, the voice of the BYU Cougars, he is one Greg Rubel. Hello, Greg. Hello, Shep. Hello, Brian. Hello. I'm, I'm sorry. I just... Right when you said that, I just thought of, like, this is my favorite Canadian. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I have Drake, I have Justin Bieber, but then you are number one. You've been number one for a while, so I kind of got had, like, a little... Over Drake celebrity. and Justin Bieber? Yeah, Drake. Yeah, that I was is, celebrity, that is, you know, I pretty much. A little bit. Yeah, but I appreciate that. Thank you know, you. It, it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's just, it's more personable yeah. here, and, uh, yeah, you know. You probably had more dealings with me than Drake, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 100%. But not Justin not, Bieber. Not Justin Bieber. I went to like five of his concerts. So, <laughs> okay. so Greg, you had some pretty big news last night. Uh, you had the debut, the season debut of BYU football with Kalani Satake. And it wasn't uh, that, uh, that far before that we found out Kalani Satake received a contract extension through 2025. Yeah. I'll ask you the question we were talking about in trending, and then it's our question of the day. What does this extension mean for the BYU football program? I think it was just after rehearsal ended for the show that we found out that this came across. And so I thought, well, this is great. We get to chat with Kalani about it. And he didn't want to make it about himself clearly on the show. Um, uh, you know, it's a representation of commitment. He said not just for him, but for the guys, the players, the boys on the team and what they've been doing. And uh, more than anything else, I think that's what it is. It's an affirmation that the direction uh, things are going is a really pleasing one. And he's now been extended a couple of times before any talk of expirations would ever be an issue, which is also great. Uh, And I I think it also just uh, signals a certain level of stability. For anybody that wants to know where BYU football is going, uh, they've got a pretty good indication. And the numbers are great right now. I I mean, with, with, with the schedules BYU has year in, year out, you can't necessarily go apples to apples from 20 or 30 or even 40 years ago because of how schedules are constructed. But being a dozen games above 500, getting to a bowl pretty much every year, winning most of your bowl games, uh, the 11 and one season, uh, the national reemergence of BYU in a way, all happening under his watch, all really positive signs. Do you, do you think that this extension um, could help, I guess, BYU's resume when it comes to conference um, expansion and, and conferences like the Big 12? You know, looking to add a team like BYU. Yeah, it's another indication. If you're if you're looking at BYU for something like that, uh, there's an anchor, there's stability, there's direction. There's not a real fear as to you know what this program might look like or how it's been performing. Uh, I think all the questions have kind of been answered at this point. So I, I was going to ask you a Big Twelve question at the end, but since it was just brought up, yeah. real quick before we move on, does this BYU to the Big Twelve, the, the speculation, the rumors that are out, does this feel different to you than in years past? It does because of where the leverage lies right now. Um, in the past. You know, the Big 12 or any other P5 conference had the leverage over who was ever, um, you know, seeking an opening or, or uh, an entree to those particular leagues. And now with, with the Big 12 operating at somewhat of a disadvantage numerically um, in, in a lot of other ways, people talking about P4, 
uh, suddenly. Uh, there, there's now an element of leverage that swings to the schools that could help add value. And as it's been talked about and written about, there's one school out there that's a free agent, if you will, that adds the most value, and that's BYU. And so I, I think it's never been a better opportunity, uh, a better timing situation for BYU, especially coming off the 11-1 season. And I think even, even this game Saturday, you know, I, I, th- I think is, is, is another decent indicator of where BYU is in the national landscape. I think it'll be evident um, that, that the Cougars will control most of the crowd in that building, and, and that's, that's a factor. Um, should the Cougars play well and win on the, in that national uh, you know, marquee situation? That, that, that's another factor of, wow, this, you know, this BYU program is something to you know, kind of reckon with, recognize, and, and see as a value-added proposition. So, so when it comes to Saturday, I mean, I, th- I think us as fans and analysts, we have tons of question marks, you know, maybe some concerns. Um, but w- when it comes to the, the most intriguing headlines for uh, this game against Arizona, what's, what's, what stands out to you most? Well, I think it's going to be uh, just how much continuity BYU can display with a new quarterback and a new OC. Because generally speaking, and I'm going to get to this in a second, why it's different for BYU, but generally speaking, new regimes with new quarterbacks and new OCs and new head coaches coming together on the first game, those first games rarely work out perfectly. Horrible. Um, in fact, if you look at last, BYU's last five OC debuts, the Cougs have averaged under 17 points per game in those games, mm-hmm. in those first games. They'll ultimately be good and can be good, but the first games are generally a bit of a struggle. Mm. Now, how is that now? And Arizona has the new quarterback. They have the new head coach. They have the new OC. They're right in that mix where that could be a low-scoring game for them. So why does it not apply to BYU? Well, to an extent, because Aaron Roderick's already kind of been in the seat. All right. Uh, yes, he's a new first-year OC, but not really. It's kind of with an asterisk. He was already the pass game coordinator. He was already involved in play calling. He's done the job before. Um, that's different from, from Arizona's, uh, uh, Arizona's OC, Brennan Carroll. This is a new thing for him. He's been in the NFL, hasn't been a college OC. All these things coming together at a different time for Arizona. But for BYU, there's a little more continuity. I mentioned A-Rod's history, and Jaron Hall's already had starts. He's, had, he's, had, he's been under fire. So I think BYU's in a better situation for a first-game scenario. Plus, the head coach is the same. Almost everyone else is the same. Uh, it's a different deal from Arizona to BYU. So I think of this battle of, you know, First game OCs and new starting quarterbacks, uh, BYU has the uh, has the edge. So let, let's take this a little step further, and and feel free to answer this however you want, whether it's with actual you know statistics or more more scheme and, and overall stuff. What are your expectations for Jaron Hall in the offense? Well, I I don't think it's unreasonable to look back at his previous cameo in 2019 and say the way he plays then can produce numbers now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's arguable that, that, that the supporting cast around him um, maybe even a little better at, at this point, uh, even though the Cougars lost you know, a great receiver to the NFL. Uh, I think, personally, this could be a Gunnar Romney year. I, I just got a sense if he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, and his thing has just been that, you know, playing every game and then when he's playing being, being you know, full go, because he'll sometimes come back and play through stuff as well. That's been his only, his only drawback at all. If Gunnar is a healthy Gunnar Romney this year, I think, he's, I think he's due for a massive year. I, I think he's that good. He's really impressive. And, and, and the crew around him is excellent. The tight end options are solid. The backfield, we know, is pretty stout. Uh, and Jaron Hall, being a playmaker that he is, I, you know, I, it, it's, it's, yes, it's, it's, it's blue goggle time, but <laughs> oh, um, there they are. You know, I, I just think there it is. That, that BYU can really kind of pick up where it left off a little bit offensively. And uh, that's what I'm most excited to see is just how much of a role they can get on right from the start. Well, I can't, I can't be the only one not. I'm with you with, I'm with you with Gunner. Um, and that makes me excited because when I, when I talk to, you know, 
former players and other analysts that kind of look at me sideways, like, what are you, what are you thinking? Mm. And um, I'm like, I can't be the only person that sees something special in this kid, so I'm happy yeah. that, that you, you agree. I do so, see so, it. So we talked about the, the offensive side. Let's go to uh, the best side of the football, which mm-hmm. is you know the defensive side. What playmakers um, or you know storylines are, are you looking for uh, heading to this game? You know, n- not that they're the no-name defense, but I think they kind of have rallied around that uh, that identity to an extent where there's so much focus on the offense and there's so much attention to the fact that you know you lose Kyrus Tongo to the NFL and and other players, and and I think they've kind of you know rallied to um, you know kind of promote themselves as a as a group force and a group strength and we're going to be heard from this year and I really do think that yes while there will be some household names by the end of the year I think it's going to be a strength in numbers situation for BYU particularly up front Um, I I don't think that um, despite the loss of impressive players that went on to play at the next level uh, BYU should have to take a a necessary step back uh, on the front line and I do think on the back end if there's more strength on the back end and the coaching staff has not been shy about talking about how impressed they are with the back end talent right now, that should help things up front and maybe even help a little more aggressive mindset from game to game. And uh, the linebacking core, and I'm going to include Ben Bywater in that core right now because I think he got a lot of valuable reps during camp. I think that uh, the, those first four, if you will, with, uh, with Peely and Wilgar, Bywater, Thule, that's a really strong group there. So I, I, just, I just believe in this defense. I, I think uh, Coach Tuiaki's numbers have held up over time now. You've got a nice uh, wide sample of five seasons to go off of. Uh, they're, they're legitimate numbers. They've excelled at taking away the big play. Teams rarely beat BYU on explosives, and that's been a real strength of this team. And, and so there's a time to be conservative and make sure that things are in front of you. But I think also uh, Coach E and, 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 and Kalani will know when to dial it up when they feel they've got the strength uh, on the back end, again, to dial it up a bit on the front end. So th- this, this may put you on the spot, um, but what's interesting to me, if, if you can think back you know, over, I don't know, 10, 20 years, where BYU hasn't had, you know, a specific standout player, right, like, like a no-name defense. If you think that they are more productive when it comes to not having a star player in standout or if they're more productive with a group like this, you know, coming into the season. Well, I've always believed, and, and maybe it tends more toward the, de- the offense than the defense, but it's tough to have a special season without really special players. Mm. And I mean special statistical players. You know, the 1,000-yard rusher, the 3,500-yard passer, the 1,000-yard receiver. You kind of need those guys to have big years. That's kind of proven itself over time. Um, If you have just a bunch of decent guys or a bunch of really good guys but no real standouts, it's hard to have that special year. Last year, I think, qualifies as a special year. Well, Dax Milne was special. You know, Zach Wilson was special. And Tyler Algier were all special. They had those monumental numbers. It's a little different on the defensive end, but BYU's not known as a team that, say, uh, racks up INTs at the corner spot, for right. example. If the, if the corners are suddenly giving you, you know, three or four picks a year, that's a, that, you know, that's, that's a change. That's, a, that, that, that's actually a big difference. And, and so I think there are some numbers you could look to defensively to find stars and standouts. Um, but I, I do think, uh, again, overall, that it's going to be a strength in number situation defensively. I'm really excited, and I agree with you 100% on Gunnar Romney. Uh, this, the ability for BYU to throw the ball downfield, I think, is going to be there again. We saw it last year, and it proved to be such a massive weapon for BYU. But I also expect a really, really big year on the ground. 
And I, I, I love what Tyler Algier brings and Lopini. And obviously with, with Jaron, you have that aspect as well. I think the ground game is, is going to pay off big for BYU. And it did last year, and it did with a scheme that, uh, you know, the A-Rod kind of carries forth from Grimey, uh, you know, to this season. And, and BYU found out what it did and did really well and stuck with it last year. But they presented it to you different ways. So, you know, the, the challenge for the opposing defenses isn't, not, you know, it isn't that, uh, you know, BYU runs a ton of stuff. It's the stuff they do run. They do it so effectively out of different looks. The presentation's everything. And BYU's excelled at presentation, at showing you different ways to get into what they really want to do. I want to ask you an NFL question. And we talked about yesterday, cut down day. Obviously, teams had to be down to 53. A lot of, a lot of Cougars, unfortunately, uh, were cut. The hope is a lot of them will, uh, will be placed on practice squads. We just found out that, uh, and we believe that he's the only one claimed off waivers, uh, but Chris Wilcox, who was released by the Buccaneers, was claimed... Uh, off of waivers by the Indianapolis Colts. So that's certainly a, a good sign for Chris Wilcox. And he was, the only, he was the only draftee that didn't stick with the 53, Correct. right? Correct, yeah, so I wanted year, to ask you draftee, about... Yeah. about and, and, and we have to say, he was hurt, I think, uh, hampered, I think a hamstring, hamstring and, yes. and, and never quite, yeah. So it's great news for him. That's being reported by the NFL Network. It looks like he's going to be picked up by the Colts. Uh, but between that, obviously all of the guys making waves and significant contributions in the NFL... Dax Mill making the 53-man roster yesterday. This is a really, really good time for BYU players to be making those types of leaps into the pros. And, and even reflecting back to your Big 12 question, you know, BYU is part of a national conversation in a lot of ways. And we watched a lot of preseason football, I know, and, and every time a BYU guy made a play... Well, they mentioned BYU. It, yeah. it just kind of follows immediately. He's out of BYU. And you hear that a lot more these days. And um, so I, I think the, the, the recent draft results, the way these guys played in the preseason, winning spots on 53s, winning starting positions, um, again, I, I think BYU is operating on a real crest right now in a lot of ways. You know what would be interesting to, to know? Um, so keeping with the, the theme and the topic of, of the NFL, you know, when you look at um, Allegiant Stadium, uh, brand new stadium in Vegas, all the hype surrounding it, you know, tons of fans and everything like that. It would be interesting to know if BYU plays better or even wins when they're playing in NFL stadiums. And I, I know when I played um, 2009, we played at, at the Cowboy Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Oklahoma. We played, yep, then we, then we went to um, New Orleans um, and, and played in the same stadium. We played um, in the Chargers uh, Stadium as well. So it would be interesting to see if there's some type of stat or metric or maybe just even feel – when it comes to the BYU football program over the years, if they elevate their game, you know, if they get more excited. I know being a, a, a player, as soon as we walked in, everybody was just starstruck, you know, looking yeah. at the lockers mm-hmm. and, and things like well, that. Recently, well, recently, FedEx Field and Arrowhead have been two that they've right, also played in. both losses. And yeah. so it's been a mixed bag in terms of results, uh, but they've had some really games they've played well in and lost. But you go back to Kalani's first game as, a, as BYU's head coach, it came against Arizona in an NFL venue. Yeah. It was in, down in Glendale, and of course BYU won that game. And then back, the parallels continue. Back in 2016, Arizona opener NFL venue, Utah in week two, another Pac-12 team in week three, and that's what they have again going this year. Mm-hmm. Hope for better results this time around, because actually BYU did lose three in a row, I think, after beating Arizona in 16, rallied well to finish with a great record, but that'll be the situation this year. So a little bit of deja vu for Kalani, NFL venue, Arizona opener, but um, the fact that it's Allegiant Stadium, uh, the crowd size is going to be what it is, uh, the placement where it is in the TV schedule, and then all the conversation percolating about 
you know, BYU and does it move around here in, uh, in the year seasons to come. I think it's kind of a perfect storm for a chance for the Cougars to respond, play really well, hopefully get a big W and get this thing off uh, on the right foot. All right, it's time for the countdown. Greg, you want to participate with us? Now, Now you do not have the music in your – so I'm going to cue you if okay. you're willing to participate with us. Okay, Greg's in. So the countdown begins now. Countdown to the Wildcats. Three days away. Woo! There we go. Nice. There we oh, like nothing. I'm gonna say I'm over here. I need that. <laughs> I, I need the high five. That's the first time as a trio. Do you think for that uh, particular? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, uh, I think so. It may be. No, it's, well, no, no, it is. Let's just say okay. it is. All right, it's fine. Just, we're, yeah. we're taking it. It is. It is. Greg, great stuff as always. Thank you, and uh, can't Pleasure. wait to hear you on the call on Saturday. Looking forward to it. Coming up, how a health scare turned into a positive for Nisa. My. And which projection about the BYU-Arizona game is your favorite? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Watch a two-hour countdown to kick off special Saturday live from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas as BYU gets ready to face Arizona in the season opener. Join Dave, Uncle B, David, and Jerem as they get you ready for kickoff. Coverage begins at 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. He is Brian. I'm Jason. This is BYU Sports Nation. You can always interact with the show and hook you up with some great content throughout the day as well. All you need to do is follow us on social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. In the meantime, let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Brian, lead us off. Bill Conley released his Week 1 SP uh, projections, and here are the BYU versus Arizona projections. Projected margin, 17.8. Win probability, 85%. Projected score, 39-21. to 21. Spread, BYU... 12.5. Um, 12.5. And, and then over-under, 54. Conley projects... Uh, takes the over. He wants you to take the over. Yeah. What about you? Uh, well, look, of all the projections, the one that stands out to me the most is the projected score. I love in an opener for BYU to score 39 points. I'll take that every day of the week. Uh, I'm a bit surprised that uh, that he's expecting 21 points from Arizona. I, I, I Right yeah. now, I'm not. Now, they certainly could come out and surprise me. I, I'm not expecting 21 from the Wildcats. I, I think um, the win probability stands out to me. It's a little bit low. I feel like it should be like 99.9. I said 88 yesterday. 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
I mean, no, granted, he's young too, but look, you're taught young also a lot of times means inexperienced. And it's going to take some time. It'll be some growing pains. Should should he worry? Yeah, probably a little bit. But look, they'll figure it out. I, I have confidence in, in this coaching staff and with what they've got there. I, I like what they're building in New York. I think sometimes um, experience hinders growth. Um, and the fact that he's young, the team is already rallying around him. I think the city is rallying around him. You almost want to have young guys with him. So I think this is a, a better thing for Zach because of his leadership skills. All right, Stuart Mandel is the latest with his bowl projections, and he has BYU playing Marshall in the Independence Bowl. Of the projected bowl matchups, and uh, Mandel has BYU playing Marshall, ESPN has the Cougars taking on Louisiana Tech, and uh, Bleacher Report has uh, BYU versus UAB. Uh, which would you be most excited about, Brian? You want to take a pass? <laughs> yeah. uh, Marshall. Only because we are Marshall. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, if, is, is, there a, is there an option D here? Uh, yeah, honestly, of all of them, probably Marshall because... The brand, right? I yeah, mean, like, it's, we are Marshall. That's the first thing I thought is, of. Is Louisiana Tech probably a, a better Well, and, and BYU right played now? Louisiana Tech already. I mean, they played them last year. Oh. So, you know... I, oh, like, no, we don't want that. Then. Like, not, none of these, like, get excited. But, look, if you're in a bowl game, that's obviously a, a, uh, an accomplishment. Yeah, just, that's, that is true. Due to injuries on their team, South Carolina will be starting a graduate assistant coach at quarterback this week. Crazy. FCS opponent. Which BYU coach would you be most confident in if they had to suit up against Arizona? Look, immediately, Preston Hadley. No question in my mind, Preston Hadley. I, I see him occasionally at the gym. There's no question in my mind, Preston Hadley could play right now. I, I would say Harvey. Harvey Unger. Obviously, I play with him, so I'm biased, but... I mean, I've never, ever experienced any player in my life that, uh, you know, can sit all of practice, get in for one play, and then break an 80-yard, you know, touchdown in practice, in the game. So he doesn't necessarily have to be in game shape. He's already in game shape no matter what he's at, where he's at, what he's doing. So Harvey only gets my vote. All right. I like it. I'll take, I'll take both or <laughs> either. Yes. Uh, coming up, top five Tuesday on a Wednesday. And Atunaisa Mahe is the subject of our first deep blue of the season. And that is coming up next. You are not going to want to miss this, I promise you. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU soccer looks to rebound at home Thursday as they host Marquette. Watch the match at 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. He is Brian. I'm Jason. If you watch the defensive line this season, you're going to notice a big guy crowding the line of scrimmage. That is sophomore Atunaisa Mahe. The gentle giant set out last season after a very serious health scare that provided an opportunity he never would have had with his dad. This is Deep Blue, presented by Brady Industries, Simply Better. That was what we, was what we usually do. It's uh, just pretty much just singing. Sing Being a healthy 22-year-old and receiving a blood clot, you know, that doesn't happen. That doesn't just happen to every 22-year-old. Uh, but it did happen to me. And essentially, you know, I'm just grateful for it. It's really showed me to be even more resilient, be even more hungry, and uh, to be even more faithful. It's really heightened me in all aspects of my life. So 
you know, I had blood clot, but I'm grateful. We had nothing. We're a very poor family coming up in a humble home. The only thing that we have is love. And so when Naisa was born into this earth in his special own circumstance and situation, my mom and dad wanted Naisa to have everything. They didn't want him to not miss out on anything any other kid has. So I, I'm originally adopted by my grandparents. So it's my grandparents' daughter who had me, who was my mom. And she originally had me at 19, and my grandparents wanted my mom to sort of, you know, get back on her feet and kind of uh, find her life for herself. So they, they, they decided to take me under their care. You know, it's not easy. That's hard. So I was worried for nine kids. And I say to myself, I sacrificed my life for the rest of my kids and my grandkids. in uh, elementary when he started playing football. We would always go to his games and we would always wonder why when someone's running toward Naisa, he'll just like lightly tap or he wouldn't even like go full on and tackle. And so my dad one day was asking him, son, why on the field? Like, I, I see you hold back. What, why do you hold back? It's because of my mom. She was very gentle. My dad was a very gentle giant. And I always like looked up to him, followed in his footsteps. So knowing that I have to hit other people, I was just kind of hesitant because I didn't want to hurt anyone. So when my dad and my mom explained to him, you're not going to hurt anybody, you have the gear on. If you're playing to have fun and you learn and you increase your talent, if this is your talent, you're going to have to give it all you can. So that just uh, motivated me to be more competitive. And... Nice, I eventually started tackling, as you can see. <laughs> There is the pressure. Love is sacked for the first time in the ball game. It is Mahe. Essentially, it was just a normal workout day for me um, until I, we started running and I just started for my arm going numb. It was just all the news that we ended up getting. I mean, this. He didn't make it through the workout. Then he was in the emergency room. Then it was like, this could possibly happen. This could possibly happen. There's so many things that were scary about, about the moment. I go to, you know, finish up an essay. I'm sitting there trying to type. All I could do is just repeat the same word. I just be writing and 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 the and the. So I felt really lightheaded. Started to go up, so I went upstairs and tried to get a drink of water. And that's when my body just kind of sort of shut down. The whole left side of my body went numb. My tongue started to go numb, and I couldn't speak. The only word I could say was uh, hospital, and I, I'm glad I got to say it loud enough for people to hear it downstairs, so that's when my roommate came, took me to the hospital. and It was more like hoping that he was going to be okay and healthy than, than being able to play, you know? Like, football was the last thing on our minds, and I'm sure the last thing on his mind. As soon as they came out saying that I could potentially have a blood clot in my brain, um, immediately a lot of questions came to my head, like... What does this mean? Or, like, how did this happen? They're just able to sit me down and tell me, like, you know, there might be a possibility that you won't be able to play football anymore. But when I find it out, that's all I do, fast and break. And we go into the hospital. And we feel, we feel okay when we look at him and he said, I'm okay. 
And I said, are you sure? Let's make me feel good. So after being diagnosed with uh, venous thrombosis and figuring out that I wouldn't be able to do anything, play football, lift, or work out, they just told me to go home. I mean, sometimes they say a curse is disguised as a blessing. We didn't know that my dad's health would go down so fast. And just within that time, that nice was down because of his blood clot, he was actually opened an opportunity to be here and to be front row and center. And he would stay up all night with my dad. And I'm like, Naisa, have you got any rest yet? He's like, yeah, sis, don't worry about me. And he says, you know what? This is actually a good opportunity. I've been talking with dad a lot, you know, getting close, getting his time that because of school, he wasn't able to be here as much. I think that was my dad's happiest moments was being able to be with his son for the last time. Up until the day that he passed, Nice, I was right there by his side. When you look on the, the brighter side of things, that I mean, such a young kid, great athlete, and then he gets his blood clot, and um, it, it threatens his life, but also threatens his future, and the thing that he loves, football. But for him to look on a brighter side of things, to say, well, this allowed me to be home more, be around my family, and to have some moments to remember, that's why he's someone everyone should cheer for. Forest Park is essentially where my dad is. My whole family, we go there often. And it, it, not to take away from it being a cemetery, but we're always there having a good time. All the kids are just running around, you know, sitting around my dad and also just, just having fun. Sometimes we play rugby over there. I don't know if we're supposed to, but I'm pretty sure my dad likes that, so. It's a second home for my family. I don't know how to explain the loss of him. But you know what? He wiped my tears. You know, having the father gave me the opportunity to be there with my family, to be there with my dad. But as soon as my dad had passed away, we're going through that process. Uh, trying to figure out what's going on with my head still. Uh, essentially, like a couple weeks later, they said that it was fully gone. So that really showed me that, you know, it was really meant to be. For me to be home with him and to spend time with him, I feel like it was just part of the plan. What an absolutely remarkable story. And look, everybody's situations will... The severity will range, but I think we've all in our lives had those moments where in the moment it feels like this is the worst thing that could have happened to us. Mm-hmm. But with perspective and time, we realize that it was a blessing that we needed at the time and we just yep. didn't know it. And what a great story. Amen. Amen to that. Romans eight twenty eight. all things happen for the good of those who love the Lord. Uh, good, good verse to, to lean on when you go through, you know, challenging times. Coming up, a rise and shout to the head man. And the best plays in an Arizona season opener on a Wednesday edition of Top 5 Tuesday. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. 
Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. It's time for our Top 5 Tuesday on a Wednesday. Ran out of time yesterday. Presented by Delta Airlines. For today's Top 5, we bring you the best plays from season openers against Arizona. That's right. BYU's played Arizona in a lot of season openers. We've got plays. We start with number 5 back in 2016. The Kainakua interception. With Arizona on the comeback trail, it was a 15-10 ball game with six minutes to play when Kai Nakua comes up with the big pick over the middle, slowing down the momentum. And uh, Kai, look at that. Look at that. You always seem to be in the right spot at the right time for those big INTs, Always, right? always. I mean, the biggest one with, with Boise State, right? But, um, yeah, always a clutch player making big plays uh, when needed the most. All right, number four. Matt Bushman's touchdown in 2018, back in his uh, hometown as a sophomore, on the play action. Look, Mangum delivers the dime right over the top to Matt Bushman, pouring uh, the the Cougars, taking the lead, obviously going on for the victory, but look at that. A little play action right over the top, Bushman with the TD. Dirty eyes from DBs get big plays from tight ends. Number three, back in 2018, the play that set up the Bushman touchdown, Mangum escaping the sack, steps up in the pocket, finds Dylan Colley, who stays with it for a remarkable catch. I gave BYU big third down conversion on three on third and 13. On third down, Bushman scoring on the very next play. Great, great content, concentration for the DB to come in and, and try to break it up, but still have your eyes on the prize. Number two takes us back to 2007. Max Hall's first career start. It helps to have Harvey Unga, who we mentioned earlier in the show, as your running back, turns this routine pitch and catch into a 48-yard gain. BYU would roll in this one, 27 over Arizona. They thought they had him down, but he kept one hand up, made sure he didn't keep no knee or, or, or leg down, and kept on going. And back to 2016 for number one, then-freshman Jake Oldroyd lined up the 33-yard field goal to give the Cougars their first win of the season in the Kalani Satake era as head coach of the Cougars. That's how you become a person, because kickers are people. Just hunters. Wow. Our question of the day, what does uh, Kalani Satake's contract extension mean for the BYU football program? Our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort on Instagram. Christopher West says, it means more consistent winning. Extend him until he retires. We need him. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We're going to give one to Kalani Satake on the extension and one for Emma Sudweeks, student camera operator here at BYU Broadcasting. She just shot her final show prior to leaving on her mission to Madrid, Spain. Good luck to you, Emma, and thanks for all you've done here. Oh, Emma. Our our thanks uh, to today's guest, Greg Rubel, for Brian. I'm Jason. Shoutout to Dana Wilgar. We'll see you tomorrow for more BYU Sports Nation Noon Eastern. Go Cougs.